Guidelines in Practice, Sharp Safety, by Terry Link. Abstract. Perioperative personnel are at risk for Sharp's injuries when using devices with sharp points and edges, and therefore are at risk for infection from exposure to blood and other potentially infectious body fluids. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration Bloodborne Pathogen Standard is the regulatory document that healthcare employers must follow to protect personnel who are at risk for Sharp's injuries. The AORN, Guideline for Sharp Safety, provides guidance to perioperative personnel for identifying Sharp's hazards and implementing best practices to prevent injuries. This article discusses the guideline recommendations for developing and implementing work practice controls and administrative controls for handling Sharps. A scenario describes an interdisciplinary team's efforts to decrease specific Sharps' injuries and develop policies and procedures based on the identified risks and practice changes. Perioperative RN should review the entire guideline for additional information when creating and updating policies and procedures for sharp safety. The perioperative setting is a high-risk environment for sharp injuries and exposure to blood-borne pathogens. Although personnel are at risk for sharp injuries in many areas in a healthcare facility, the OR presents unique challenges because of the frequent use of sharp devices and the need for team members to coordinate the passing of these devices. In a 2011 study, researchers found that suturing injuries and scalpel injuries, respectively, were the first and second most common types of Sharps injury in the OR. In addition, perioperative personnel handle a variety of other Sharps, including hypodermic needles, drill bits, skin hooks, perforating towel clips, and sharp edges of bone. In March 1992, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, implemented the Bloodborne Pathogen Standard to reduce or eliminate healthcare workers' exposure to bloodborne infections in the workplace through implementation of protective measures. For example, eliminating hazards, implementing administrative, engineering, and work practice controls using personal protective equipment, PPE. The U.S. Congress signed the Needle Stick Safety and Prevention Act into law in November 2000, which directed OSHA to revise the Bloodborne Pathogen Standard to include more detailed requirements for identifying and using safer medical devices. The Bloodborne Pathogen Standard requires healthcare employers to establish a written exposure control plan that details the measures personnel and leaders must use to reduce employees' exposure to blood and other body fluids. At least annually, the employer must review and update the plan, and a representative group of non-managerial Sharps users who provide direct patient care must provide input on work practice controls and participate in identifying, evaluating, and selecting safety-engineered Sharps devices with built-in mechanisms to reduce the risk of Sharps injuries. An annual evaluation of new safety devices allows healthcare personnel to determine whether new safety device technology is available that is more effective than currently used devices. AORN recommends that personnel selecting the devices to be evaluated should consider the types of Sharps injuries reported, the frequency of these injuries, the procedures in which injuries are occurring, and the relative risk of disease transmission. Despite the requirements in the Bloodborne Pathogen Standard, Sharps injuries still occur. Researchers compared percutaneous injury surveillance data 
between 1993 and 2006, that is, before and after the passage of the Needlestick Safety and Prevention Act, for 87 participating hospitals and found a 31.6% decrease in Sharps injuries in non-surgical settings, but an increase of 6.5% in Sharps injuries in surgical settings. Of the 7,186 surgical Sharps injuries reviewed, surgeons and surgical residents sustained most of the injuries during use of Sharps, and the nurses and surgical technologists experienced Sharps injuries when passing, disassembling, and disposing of Sharps. The revised AORN, Guideline for Sharps Safety, published in November 2019, provides recommendations based on the guideline project team's appraisal of the strength and quality of the evidence available in the healthcare literature. The project team used the evidence appraisal score, a benefit-harm assessment, and consideration of resource use to rate each recommendation. The AORN evidence rating model comprises four levels of recommendation ratings, regulatory requirement, recommendation, conditional recommendation, and no recommendation. Figure 1 shows the criteria for each recommendation level. The evidence table for the guideline for sharp safety, available on the AORN website, at https colon double slash www.aorn.org slash hyphen slash media slash AORN slash guidelines slash evidence hyphen rating hyphen and hyphen tables slash sharps underscore evidence underscore table underscore final underscore 2019.pdf provides detailed information on the literature the project team used to develop the guideline. The guideline addresses seven topics, the exposure control plan, hazard elimination, engineering controls, work practice controls, administrative controls, PPE, and SHARP's disposal. This article discusses regulatory requirements, recommendations, and conditional recommendations from the Work Practice Controls and Administrative Controls sections, see sidebar 1. After the discussion of specific recommendations, a scenario describes an interdisciplinary team's work to investigate Sharp's injuries in the OR and evaluate work practices to update policies and procedures for Sharp's safety. Work Practice Controls Work practice controls are measures to change the method by which a task is performed. Implementing work practice controls for sharp safety should help perioperative personnel minimize the risk for injury and exposure to blood or potentially infectious materials. The AORN guideline includes regulatory requirements, recommendations, and conditional recommendations related to work practice controls. Regulatory Requirements The OSHA Bloodborne Pathogen Standard requires that personnel use work practice controls during handling of sharp devices. For example, OSHA prohibits bending, recapping, or removing a contaminated needle unless this is required for a specific medical or dental procedure. If the scrub person needs to recap or remove a contaminated needle, he or she must incorporate work practice controls, such as using the one-handed scoop method to recap the needle. Recommendations AORN recommends 
that surgical team members use a neutral zone for passing sharp instruments, blades, needles, and other sharp devices to help reduce sharps' injuries. The neutral zone can be on an area on the Mayo stand or back table, or it can be a basin or other device that the scrub person uses to transfer a sharp device to the surgeon to avoid a hand-to-hand transfer. During some procedures, it may not be safe to use a neutral zone, for example, when the surgeon is using a microscope and is unable to look away. In these situations, the scrub person can use a modified neutral zone in which he or she places the sharp in the surgeon's hand, and the surgeon places the sharp in the neutral zone when he or she is finished with it. Conditional Recommendations Personnel should consider implementing conditional recommendations when the benefits of the actions exceed potential harms and support the recommendations and regulatory requirements. AORN conditionally recommends that personnel use a no-touch technique, for example, using an instrument to minimize manual handling of sharps, when loading, manipulating, removing, and otherwise handling sharp devices. Other conditional recommendations include maintaining awareness of the location of sharps on the sterile field and communicating the location to other team members. For example, a surgeon notifying the scrub person that he has laid the sharp in a basin or in the predetermined neutral zone on the Mayo stand. Administrative controls. Administrative controls comprise education, policy and procedure development, and implementation of the exposure control plan, participating in education activities, for example, attending topic-focused education sessions, and adhering to written policies and procedures help ensure personnel exhibit behaviors that decrease risk of a sharps injury. The AORN guideline includes regulatory requirements, recommendations, and conditional recommendations related to administrative controls. Regulatory Requirements The Bloodborne Pathogen Standard requires that healthcare employers provide ongoing education and competency verification for personnel who may be exposed to blood or other potentially infectious materials before these personnel are assigned to tasks in which exposure could occur. When introducing new equipment and processes, the healthcare employer must provide personnel with information on the principles and performance of sharp safety practices. Healthcare leaders and personnel must develop and implement policies and procedures that are designed to minimize or eliminate exposure of healthcare personnel to blood and other potentially infectious materials. Recommendations AORN recommends that a committee responsible for sharp safety prevention develop, implement, and review policies and procedures on 1. Engineering controls for example, safety-engineered devices, blunt suture needles. 2. Work practice controls, for example, neutral or safe zone concepts, no-touch technique, one-handed scooping recapping method. 3. PPE, for example, double-gloving with a perforation indicator system. 4. Post-exposure immediate first aid and reporting. And 5. Safety Engineered Device Selection and Evaluation Healthcare policies and procedures standardize daily operational activities and reduce practice variation. Formalized written policies and procedures provide personnel with a resource that helps them adhere to professional practices 
and comply with regulatory and accreditation requirements. AORN also recommends that personnel report all Sharps' injuries immediately, according to the organization's policy. Early reporting allows occupational health personnel to determine whether treatment for the injury and prophylaxis for bloodborne pathogens is necessary. Conditional Recommendation Occupational Health Department employees may monitor Sharps injury logs to determine the frequency and types of injuries occurring from Sharps use. When personnel follow the recommendation to report all Sharps injuries, Sharps injury investigators can use this information to identify trends, evaluate practice, and implement practice changes. Scenario Occupational Health Department personnel at a community hospital have noted an increase in Sharps injuries in the OR during the past six months. With the help of an infection preventionist, an Occupational Health Department staff member reviews the Sharps injury incident reports to develop a table that includes the employee identification number, procedure, specialty, type of Sharps injury, whether a Sharps injury prevention device was used and used correctly, and the number of surgeons, students, and other personnel who were in the OR during the incident. The Occupational Health Department staff member and infection preventionist identified that 70% of the injury reports involved needles and 60% of those injuries occurred during endoscopic otorhinolaryngology procedures. To investigate the process perioperative teams use when handling sharps and needles, the infection preventionist, the occupational health department representative, and the nurse manager of the perioperative unit observed several endoscopic otorhinolaryngology procedures. While watching a scrub person set up instruments and supplies for a procedure, the investigative team observes the scrub person using a syringe to obtain the local anesthetic from a medicine cup and then placing a needle on the syringe with the needle cover in place. There is no guard on the needle, and the infection preventionist asks the scrub person why the surgical team members do not use safety needles. The scrub person explains that the surgeon injects the anesthetic intranasally and incrementally. The needle guard obstructs the surgeon's view in the limited intranasal space. During the procedure, the surgeon performs multiple injections into the nasal cavity using the same syringe and needle. The scrub person recaps the needle, removes it from the syringe, draws additional medication into the syringe, and then replaces the same needle for each injection. After refilling the syringe, the scrub person places it on the edge of the mayo stand for the surgeon to pick up. After injecting the local anesthetic, the surgeon returns the syringe to the edge of the mayo stand. The observers also note that the surgeon uses a headlight during part of the procedure and requests the RN circulator to turn the overhead lights off. When the surgeon replaces the syringe at the edge of the mayo stand, his headlight shines on the area and it is easy to see where he places it. However, when the surgeon returns to the sterile field, the mayo stand is not illuminated. At times, the scrub person quickly picks up the syringe to refill it with local anesthetic for the next injection, and the investigative team observes several close encounters between the surgeon holding the syringe and the scrub person attempting to secure it. The investigational team subsequently observes three other surgical teams comprising different surgeons and scrub personnel who use a similar process for passing and refilling the local anesthetic syringe. After observing the procedures, 
the investigative team explores alternative processes with the surgical team members for the handover of sharps between the scrub person and the surgeon. One surgeon suggests that the scrub person could have two syringes so that one is always ready to exchange. A scrub person suggests placing the syringe in an emesis basin and exchanging the entire basin with a syringe in it, and the surgeons agree that this practice will be acceptable. The surgeons agree that the RN circulator can direct a surgical light that is on the low setting to an area on the Mayo stand or back table that will not interfere with the surgeon's visibility to provide a lighted area to transfer the local anesthetic syringe. The surgeons also agree to notify the scrub person when they return the syringe to the basin. One team member suggests using a new syringe and needle for each injection, but the scrub person mentions that this will make tracking the amount of injected local anesthetic difficult because of the residual amount of anesthetic in each syringe. After considering this information, the team members agree that they will use a new needle for each injection. The scrub person will not recap the needle after use and will use a needle removal device to remove the needle and replace it with a new sterile needle. The investigative team and the nurse educator use the AORN policy templates to revise the policy and procedures and provide detailed and standard processes for sharp safety that are specific to the teams performing surgical procedures at this facility. The processes include using a basin to transfer all sharps, a needle removal device, and a safety needle in procedures in which a low-profile needle is not needed. See Figure 2. The nurse educator provides education sessions on the new policies and procedures to the entire surgical team. The infection preventionist adds needle stick injuries to the yearly infection control risk assessment for the facility. The surgical team members decide to monitor the effects of the process changes, complete a sharp safety performance improvement process, and provide the results to the infection preventionist. Conclusion Regulatory requirements mandate that perioperative personnel address sharp safety in the workplace. The AORN Sharp Safety Guideline recommends that in addition to other interventions, perioperative personnel investigate and evaluate practices, implement work practice controls, and develop administrative controls to standardize practices to prevent Sharp's injuries. The risks for and types of Sharp's injuries depend on the facility, procedures performed, and personnel. Documentation of Sharp's injuries provides data to help healthcare personnel evaluate risks related to Sharp's injuries in the OR. Perioperative personnel should develop policy and procedures that are specific to the types of procedures being performed, Sharp's being used, and injuries that are occurring in the facility. In addition, Personnel should review the policies and procedures at least annually and use information related to Sharp's injuries when revising them. Healthcare employers must provide ongoing education activities and competency verification on Sharp's safety. The employers also must provide personnel with Sharp safety information when adding new equipment and implementing new workplace processes. When personnel have knowledge of Sharp safety policies and practices, Compliance with SHARP safety initiatives should increase.